Hello, welcome to the Healthcare Markets Underground Podcast for the week of July 27, 2015. This is episode 265, and I am Chris Bevelo, EVP at Revive Health. Joining me today on the podcast is uh, uh, Chris Boyer, also with Revive. Well, I oh. should say R, because we have a special guest. R. Not is, we but do. R. We have a special guest, Bethany Doty. Hi. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Well, I'm excited to be here. Finally on the podcast. I know. So first, tell us about yourself. Like, what do you do? What's your title? What's your favorite color? Oh, okay. Putting on the spot right away. Yes. Um, I am a senior account executive at Revive Health, and I work on our health technology practice. Cool. Can you name some clients? I bet you can that you work with. I bet I can, yes. I work with (laughs) Athena Health. Um, Kairos, Care Innovations, Neuropace. Wow. Keep wow. going. Okay. No, that's good. Those <laughs> are good, clients. good organizations. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So explain why you're here with us in studio, like what you're doing in Minneapolis. We're in Minneapolis. We record right. this in Minneapolis, but Bethany's not of Minneapolis nor permanently stationed here, but you are here. I am here and only for another week, Boo. which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but I came up here back in April, help. Um, get this office off the ground and running, mm-hmm. relatively new. So I've been here all summer, which I am thankful for the Minneapolis summers because Nashville is uh, much hotter. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's where I am located. Been in Nashville for about two years working with Revive. So yeah, that's from great. the Midwest, so. Yeah. so it has a special place in my heart, but move south. We have some conflicts, that. don't we, you and I? Um, when we it have comes some to sports. sporting <laughs> conflicts in major <laughs> yeah. ways, college and pro, don't we? Um, have we talked about college? Aren't you a Hawkeye fan? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's big since I'm a Cyclone okay, fan. Okay, that's right. That's right. Yes, yes. Now, that's one of those rivalries like, um, oh, what's it like? It's like the Vikings and the Packers. So the Vikings fans hate the Packers and think they're the enemy and think it's like this great rivalry. And Packers fans generally go, yeah, the Vikings are, you know, we don't like them. But their rivalry is with the Bears. That's right. And so we, so you know this, right? Because you're a Bear fan. So Iowa State, Iowa is like that too, where Iowa State like looks at Iowa and is like, oh, you're the enemy. And I was like, yeah, whatever. You're Iowa State. I don't know who Iowa, who's Iowa's natural rival then if it's not Iowa State. Somebody in the Big Ten. Yeah. Big, gosh. And I didn't go here. So I'm, gosh, my brother and my boyfriend would be very disappointed that I can't <laughs> answer this question. I don't know who would be the biggest. Minnesota, maybe? Wisconsin, uh, yeah, Illinois? Yeah, they have, um, uh, I think it's the jug, I think is yes. the, yeah, yeah, that's between. Well, Minnesota has something for almost every Big Ten school. So, like, with Wisconsin, they have the axe. With Michigan, they have the little brown jug. Wanna... With Minis- with Iowa, it's Floyd of Rosedale, which is a pig statue. Okay. And that's not a joke. <laughs> So uh, when you, you win, the, when you, when you win right the here. annual <laughs> game, you win Floyd of Rosedale. What, what does that mean, win the annual game? The Help annual game, not the animal game. Oh, the sorry. annual <laughs> game, right? So we've got that, right? And, yeah. then, and then, unfortunately, I'm on the wrong end of all of our pro rivalries, right? So I'm a wild fan, and you're a... Go Hawks! Blackhawks fan, <laughs> which is painful in so many ways. Uh, you're a Bears fan? I am, Yes. Uh, I'm a Cubs fan, and you're a Cardinals fan. I'm a Cardinals fan, big <laughs> Cardinals fan. So at least the Cardinals have it up. Yeah, I have the Cardinals, I'm, I have yeah, the upper hand always. on always. Yeah, well, not always. Maybe someday for you. <laughs> Maybe this yeah, year. That's, that is true. That's a Sports talk. Sports talk. <laughs> at Revival. Well, that's how you, you know. <laughs> so 
So, okay, what else can we talk about? Is that all you want to talk about now? Well, you know, Bethany's been sitting here, like, while we've been recording this podcast for the last couple of weeks. It's kind of interesting. It's insightful. Well, yeah, you've been kind of sitting in, listening in very quietly in the background, (laughs) and this is the first time we have you on the microphone. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, Yeah, first time. Yeah, Yeah. and you say it's insightful. Are you just lying? No, it is insightful. (laughs) Right. It is. Well, and... So I get to listen live and mm-hmm. then also the recordings. This is true. So And it's true. Time. We don't edit our recordings, do we? No. It's no. Crazy. Do you think people think that? Oh, my gosh. If they thought we edited, they must wonder what the <laughs> hell we've done before the editing, <laughs> <laughs> given what ends up on the air or in the podcast. All right? the F-bombs you drop and other things. No. I don't know if I've ever dropped an F-bomb. No, I don't think you have. Well, maybe. You, you did? I have? No, I said not while I've been. Yeah. I remember you used to bleep some of the podcast way at the beginning. Well, iTunes has a thing that if you have F-bombs, you get an explicit rating. Mm. But that assumes <laughs> iTunes is listening in exactly. on our podcast, yeah. which I don't know that they really do. If somebody sure. complained, maybe they would put that yeah. on there. Yeah. Anyway. I don't think we get explicit. We get explicit with our with our deep healthcare marketing insights. Ooh, That's it. Yes, yeah. we do. <laughs> Very explicit. That sounds terrible. It does. <laughs> All right. So anyway. let's see. We have some talk about deep, explicit insights. Wow, we, we got do. some big talkers today. We do. Uh, we have some announcements. Speaking. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the big thing is Joe Public Retreat. We still have a few, a handful of openings left. So we're capping it at twenty people. We're not quite at 20. We have maybe three or four left, I think. It changes um, because people keep adding in. But (laughs) go to JoePublicRetreat.com where you can find out about it September 9th through 11th. Amazing opportunity. It's going to be really, really good. It's going to be great. And we've been planning some really great things to really help. I mean, this is going to be different than some of the other Joe Public Retreats. We're going to add a little bit more to this. Yeah. And I'm going to be there, so yeah. that's going to make that's it way better. The price for admission, right there. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Way. I'd better. like to go just for the location alone. Yes, Half Moon yeah. Bay. Uh, <laughs> holy cow! Wow, it is a selling point. But we picked that intentionally mm-hmm. because we really do think you got to you got to get away from your everyday and someplace where you can really have some peace and and think differently. Mm-hmm. I think looking at the ocean makes you think differently. Right. It does for me. Yeah. The ocean or mountains. Yep. The ocean or mountains. That's why I want to. I've lived. In the opposite of ocean or mountains my entire life. Mm-hmm. Iowa and Minnesota and Missouri. So I would like <laughs> to move to Seattle someday. Ah. They have ocean and mountains. And coffee. Does anybody else feel that way about ocean and mountains? Or is it just me? I'm a big mountain guy. I mean, I'm from Colorado, so I like, I like mountains. I miss the mountains. Um, but oceans, eh, you know. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I like a change of scenery, which I, too, have lived inland my entire life. Um, so going to the ocean and or mountains, was like a treat family vacation. Yeah. So I don't know if I, if I lived in that, um, environment location and mm-hmm. woke up to that scenery every day, if it would, like you'd almost take it for granted. I don't Maybe, know. So yeah. I think mm-hmm. I like using those places as vacation spots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But can't say I'd mind living on a beach <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or in the mountains. Exactly. Exactly. Someone forced me to. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that would be tough. All right, we're forcing you to live on the beach. <laughs> so outside of your, what uh, the Joe Public Retreat, there's some other stuff going on, right? Um, there is. Quickly, uh, August 7th, so coming up very quickly, I'm speaking at the Texas Hospital Association's mm-hmm. uh, Communications Conference. In Healthcare October, I'm going to be at the Senior Care Marketing Sales Summit. Nice. Sounds really interesting. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> actually a really cool conference. And 
Um, I know we're also holding, uh, Revive Health is holding the summit. Yeah. Right, which is going to be really a well-intended event. That's in November. So we should explain what the summit is about. We should. What uh, and we're looking at one another. <laughs> we're all looking at <laughs> no, I'm kidding you. It's it's a great segue into our first talker. It kind of is. So yeah. the summer is really uh, the summit is really about um, as people may or may not know because again a lot of our audiences came to us from the interval days, mm-hmm. so they know us for the marketing and branding stuff we do, and we talk a lot about that. But Revive has built itself a national reputation. It's probably the leader mm-hmm. in payer provider negotiation strategy and communications. That's right. So when health systems are up against a negotiation with one of their payers, a contract negotiation, uh, Revive will come in and help develop a communication strategy that's not just about announcing what's going to happen and letting patients know, hey, you know, we may not make the contract and mm-hmm. here's what that means. It's really about helping tip the scales in favor of the provider in that negotiation. Right. So going out and connecting with key stakeholders in the community, employers, others, uh, and really helping demonstrate to the payers the power that the, the provider has uh, and the problems that would occur if we, they can't come to an agreement on rates. Right. So this summit that Chris mentioned, and somebody should tell us the date when I'm done yapping here. I will. Um, is really all about payer negotiations. That's it's right. really about a lot of the, the insights that, that Revive has generated over the years of doing this. And Revive has done this with, can I say hundreds? Probably hundreds yeah. of hospitals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well over hundreds yeah. of hospitals. Yeah. yeah. Across, the, across the whole country. Right. Um, and so, you know, a lot of the folks that we deal with don't necessarily handle that work a lot of times revive works directly with the managed care department Mm -hmm. so the finance department the Mm -hmm. cfo the c-suite because this is really usually a board level issue because it Mm -hmm. you know if anything goes to the bottom line of a hospital or health system it's their payer rates Uh, but because this is about communications we're often working also with the head of communications the head of marketing at a system right so if you're listening to this and that's not something you typically deal with uh, we're going to talk a lot about it here in a second because yep. we think you should yeah, understand this. It is an important topic. I think in any kind of marketing and communications plan that you're out there working on, um, you're going to be faced with this. I know my time within the health system, it's every you know, it's, it's very regularly you would face with, how are we going to handle this? This is a potentially thing. How are we going to communicate this to our audiences? So there is an intersect. The summit is focusing on that. In fact, uh, the summit, uh, you asked for the dates, yes. November 9th through the 11th. And that's actually also in a nice place in, in Southern California, <laughs> Laguna Beach, Southern nice. California. Yeah. So really nice. Their topic this year is about uh, is titled "The End of the Beginning: the New Strategies, New Models, and the Big Shift." And what they're going to be talking about yes. is d- dealing with the our first talker point yes. today, right? So our first talker point is about the consolidation we're seeing in the payer industry. And again, you know, our audience who listens to this is really, you know, I would assume 95% of the people listening to this work for health systems, work mm-hmm. for providers. And a lot of them, again, probably don't touch pair negotiations very much. Nope. But what I would say to you is you should at least be up to date on what's going out there because this is a massive trend in the market mm-hmm. and it will have significant implications for your organizations. Mm-hmm. So at the very least, you should be up to speed on what's going on so you can talk intelligently when this topic comes up uh, and you can support your marketing leaders or if you are the marketing leader, you can help your organization figure out how you're going to deal with this. 
right because it's a it's a big deal um so should we get into that we should Yes. Okay. All right. So the first thing I'm going to say is we have uh, three blog posts that were mm-hmm. written within the last month, uh, a three-part series. Uh, they are written by Brandon Edwards, who is our CEO, and Sasha Bogosian, who's our SVP, uh, at who does our managed care work. Super bright guys. When you read this, you realize clearly we've done this a few times. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and what these blog posts are talking about is the first one focuses on the Anthem Cigna marriage so anthem's a large blue cross they're buying signa mm-hmm. uh the second one uh actually was written a week before it was announced that Aetna's buying uh humana right right and right. so it speculates well what happens if Aetna buys humana right and then the third one the third blog post is about what if a lot or some of the independent blues that are out there start consolidating that's right um the net net of this as brandon likes to say <laughs> is that we've seen consolidation on the health system side. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that was driven by the ACA. It was driven by, hey, you're going to have to have scale mm-hmm. um, to really be able to succeed in the future as a health system in terms of the population health management and the reduction in rates that, that are coming. And then I'm not going to say it's in response to that. I think it's a response also to the ACA. Mm-hmm. We are now seeing a wave of consolidation on the payer side. The payer side. Huge. Those are huge, huge national consolidations. I mean, this yes. is where like organizations, when they consolidate, they have representation in all 50 states now. Yeah. You right. know, and that really sh- tips the scale a lot. A lot. And and gives them a little uh, more power in the, in the market. It gives them a, a lot of opportunity to... Uh, to it actually in with some of the smaller like anthem uh and and humana the smaller ones they smaller act, well smaller smaller <laughs> relative <laughs> right smaller. here's a qu- here's a question for you yeah. oh, go ahead finish your comment well but i mean that they're now moving up and and what that does is that, that provides some much higher negotiation power when it comes to negotiating with uh the health systems out there and also you know um physicians and and other you know other care delivery models and that really becomes you know a big big challenge for health systems right. in general right so go to your question well when you say smaller you mean you know Cigna, <laughs> yeah. for example is usually third or fourth maybe right. in the market or fifth um it's it's i don't think it's ever the number one market leader anywhere it's it's usually mm-hmm. like this peripheral thing mm-hmm. um and yeah this is going to ratchet up what's really interesting is last week we we're having conversations about this and Mark Willis, who is SVP of our uh, health services mm-hmm. practice, uh, actually he's practice leader as well, told us how many health plans there are in the country. Do you remember what he said, Chris? You were oh in the gosh. meeting. Yeah, I was in the meeting. Now, the way, let's give Bethany yeah. a chance to... to oh, the number many, of health plans. Yes, in the country. What would you guess? Hmm. 142? That's a great guess. That is a good guess. <laughs> That is a good guess. Would you, do you remember? I oh, gosh, I'm trying to. I'm racking my brain here. I wrote it down. Well, what would I, you think? I would think it's like yeah, like in the 200s. Right. So I would have. I would have said, wow, those are pretty high. I can't imagine there's 142, 1600. What? 1600. 1600. That's right. Because That's a lot of what's happening <laughs> is providers are rolling out their own health plans. Oh, right. So right. now you've got that competition going on. Hmm. Uh, so when you say small, you know, <laughs> if there's 1600 health plans, some of them have like. 200,000 members. I mean, teeny tiny. Right. Um, So when you're talking about small, you're talking about relative to Blue Cross overall in each market or United, which is the dominant. Right. Um, Which is really interesting, by the way, for people that know this. United's based here in Minnesota. 
mm-hmm. but they are not allowed to operate in Minnesota. Oh, really? No. So, so nobody has, they do some third-party stuff here, mm-hmm. uh, but the dominant market player pair-wise in Minnesota is Blue Cross Blue Shield of Minnesota, right. and then it's Medica, and then it's, I think it's an insurer called Preferred One, hmm. and then Health Partners, which is a system, mm-hmm. and then it goes down from there, but there's no United right. here. It's interesting. Right. Even though their headquarters are here. I mean, it's, they're huge here. Right. So, so yeah, th- what this means is if there's already pressure on your rates now as a health system, it's only going to increase because this is going to basically consolidate, which any kind of consolidation in a market usually um, it's a power play. So imagine mm-hmm. right now, like in Minnesota, if you've got Blue Cross and Blue Shield in Minnesota, which is about somewhere between 60 and 70% market share, so huge, mm-hmm. and Medica, which is 20%, 25%. Imagine if they merged. So now you've got one pair with 90 plus percent of market share or whatever it would be. Mm-hmm. So now walk into the room and try to negotiate with them. <laughs> right. Where they say, what else are you going to yeah, do? They're like, yeah. where, where else are you going to go? You got no choice as a, as a system. Uh, and so a lot of what's been going on in the payer sector is uh, a lot of innovation and a lot of um, mm-hmm. innovative approaches, I would say, mm-hmm. to risk sharing, uh, new kind of models with providers where, uh, you know, there's some reward sharing. There's, they're trying to figure out ways to work together from a competitive standpoint because, the, because there's competition. So we've got to figure out a way to innovate and right. drive more of these providers to our plans. Well, when they consolidate, it's like the cable company. When's the last innovation you've got from a cable company? Oh, gosh. Don't get me started on right, right. Cable company. Well, because it's exactly. a monopoly. Yeah, it's a monopoly. It's right. a monopoly. Right. And, and until satellite came along, it was really a monopoly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they've got no, no incentive right. either to innovate or to drive price down because there's no competition. So even where it's not the scenario I talked about where there's right. 95%, um, any of this consolidation at this level is going to change those dynamics at the negotiation table. It is. It, I mean, you know, and these, these mergers... Right. They still there's federal oversight to make sure that, you know, there's not an unfair you know, tip of balance mm-hmm. of power. But uh, I mean, it's just it just the whole fact that this is actually occurring, that this is occurring at such a great level is going to have huge impacts to health systems yeah. that are already struggling with, you know, w- uh, about their reimbursements. And this is like an impact to their financial bottom line. So it's so what do you think is going to happen then next? Well, we've got right. what, what, got some consolidation on the provider side. Right. The payers are like joining forces. Mm-hmm. We're going to see, I would assume, advanced acceleration of consolidation again on the on provider the, side. On the system side? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because like yeah. In, in, in Minnesota, here in the Twin Cities, there right. are six significantly, well, now five, there was a merger, mm-hmm. five significantly sized systems at play in the Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. Do we really need five? Mm-hmm. Couldn't we have three or two? I mean, honestly, and still have competition on the provider side. Mm-hmm. So there's still plenty of room for consolidation, mm-hmm. and they're going to be looking at each other, going, "We got to do something. We got we need scale to to fight back." Right. right. So I think it's just going to force more. That's just my consolidation. Personal. Some you know unique partnerships, joint ventures. There's going to be a lot of different uh, different things. I mean, this is already happening in yes. many cases, but I mean, yeah, this is we it's it's going to be an interesting ride. Let's just put it that way. We what's gotcha. the incentive for someone, you know, you have these two large payers mm-hmm. to be essentially bought out. 
what is in the incentive overall incentive for someone to go through with something like this if they already have a you know a large part of the market yeah I, I would say in most cases it's it's market power so right. you've got um, was it the anthem Cigna one where Cigna uh, let's see well anthem operates will be operating in all 50 states now instead of 14. So in that case, Anthem buying Cigna goes, okay, we're immediately across the country, whereas we were only in 14 states before. So there's broadening growth of their, mm -hmm. of their business. Uh, in other cases, it's, if it overlaps, it's, hey, if, if we can buy the number two competitor, now we're, we're much stronger at the negotiation table. We have much more power with the people, the providers. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's primarily a fight to continue to win more money in, in negotiations I, I and so expand too. your right. market share. Um, you know, so like uh, uh, Sean M. Gwerton, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, and as executive vice president, see if I'm reading an article from Forbes, he said the complementary nature of our two companies provides us with significant synergy. No, I was just going to say he didn't say synergy. <laughs> he did say synergy opportunity, <laughs> furthering Aetna's efforts to increase its operating efficiency. And those efficiencies will support our efforts to drive costs out of the system and offer more affordable products. Now, That's stop, pause. This is from Aetna. <laughs> right. Right. Aetna who bought Humana. Right. Aetna who's worried about antitrust because in some cases these mergers will cause a 90% market share and the government's going to go, whoa, that's pretty mm -hmm. much monopoly. Mm -hmm. So what they're saying is, hey, by combining, we're going to have operating efficiencies. So in other words, we don't have two HR departments. We're going to have one. We'll be able to buy whatever we buy, pencils and erasers, mm -hmm. at greater economies of scale. You know, don't look over here at market share. That's yeah, not yeah. why we're doing this. <laughs> it's all about efficiencies, which there will be efficiencies. But clearly, this is about market share, and it's about power and at the yeah, table. clearly is. What um, a Wall Street Journal reporter labeled it as the health insurers are playing a Game of Thrones. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I know you like that. Yeah. That's awesome. Exactly. Do you watch Game of Thrones? I, see, I don't. Oh, I don't. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try not to wax into Game of Thrones. But we got to we gotta throw a toss out to Phil Stone, though. We do. I have to tease him a little bit. So, yeah. you know, he's an avid listener. Yes. Um, yes. And <laughs> if you know Phil, you're going to laugh at this. And the people on the other end of this mm -hmm. one know Phil. But he's like, you know, because we talk about it all the time. And, and I said, you got to watch it. It's great. So he told me that he watched it. And he's like, yeah. I don't think that's for me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm Poor like, film. yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. 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 But uh, anyway, <laughs> well, back to the, I mean, there's a series of three blog posts that are really, really yeah. good on our website that can kind of go through and talk about, uh, you know, where, where all these different scenarios, some of them are written before the actual announcements, which, which is just cool. Which is great. Um, and some of them are, you know, like talking about the, the most recent one is around the consolidation of the blues and what that potentially could be. Uh, you know, the the thing is, is that it's a very interesting, a different side of the business that most of our audience probably doesn't know about, but certainly kind of a powerful one that they should. Yeah, know. they, should, they should know. They should be aware of it because mm -hmm. it's a market force. that's driving this industry in a significant way. So mm -hmm. even if your focus is service line marketing, you should understand how this is going to play out. Right. Exactly. Cool. All right. Well, that was exciting stuff. That was <laughs> deep. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about one more really good article bethany you brought this one up bethany right found i did this one yes do you want to do you want to set this up for us sure sure so i found it on um a local npr site um kqed out west and um 
caught my attention with the urgent care and the headline as some of our health IT clients speak specifically to the urgent care segment. Um, so it's surprised the urgent care center may send you a big bill, just like the ER. Essentially, a woman went in, um, fell and hurt her wrist, and instead of going to the ER, she thought, oh, I'll go to some place that's less expensive. She did what, what we right. all uh, want her right. to do, right? right? Go to the urgent well, care, right. that's cheaper. Well, we all preach. Right. Yeah, don't go to the ER unless you have to. And so she did her research. She made calls to make sure they accepted her insurance. She was confirmed, yes, we accept your insurance. Come on in. She made sure to ask the, that question more than once just to double check. And she ended up getting a very um, costly bill right. and wondered where <laughs> yeah. she went wrong. Exactly. <laughs> and I think this is something that I fear, too. And, you know, as someone who's relatively healthy and doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. use our healthcare system all that frequently mm-hmm. you know I call and ask do you accept my insurance great mm-hmm. and I go in and then I'm treated by a doctor that isn't in network no so uh, yeah. that's what happened that's what happened here here right right mm-hmm. so and that's I mean that is interesting because you know this is you're right everybody's talking about urgent cares and by the way there is a proliferation of urgent cares a what uh, I can't even say it. Did I say it right? <laughs> no, I'm Proliferation. Yeah. Proliferation. Very good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Proliferation. P-R-L-I-F. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, when I lived in New York just recently, I mean, it would, you would, there's one on almost every street corner in Manhattan. There's like an urgent care center. And, and people are using that. And, you know, the health systems I was at, both of them, they partnered with people around urgent care because they wanted to provide this low-cost entry into the, into the system. And now what it's saying in this article is interesting. It kind of brings up the fact that that these these are not out of network physicians that are operating under the under these urgent care practices. And even though on their websites and they always say, yeah, we accept mm-hmm. your insurance, they're kind of pulling. I don't want to say it's a bait and switch, but they certainly are like um, when the care is being delivered, it's being delivered by people that could potentially be out of your network. Does that mean that we have to ask before the doctor sees us? Are you do you cover our insurance? Is that what that means? Well, well th- Yes, but that. But even if you ask that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, the the article points out that the key question to ask is not whether it accepts your insurance, but whether it participates in your insurance plan. And right. to me, I'm like, well, what? Isn't that the, the same thing? What is the difference there? <laughs> there is a subtle difference, though, right? Right. And yeah. again, so this is where it's deceptive, and this poor woman. Yes. Okay. Know. So what are the words again? What do we have to say? Oh, do you it's pr- not whether. It, uh, they accept your insurance, but whether they participate in your insurance plan. Okay, we'll have to remember that. And even then, like in this per- woman's case, it said the urgent care was in network, but the doctor group overseeing the care was not. So the people that were answering the question didn't even know that the doctors were subcontracted. And that to me is like, you pay this bill, right? right? I mean, right. that to assume that a consumer would even know that if I go into an urgent care, the doctors are not part of that urgent care, that would be false advertising. That to me would be, yeah, you get the government involved mm-hmm. right. because that's that's just like, yes, of course, I assume the doctors in your building are part of your company. Why right. would I assume any other thing, right? As a consumer, especially in urgent care, we all know that's not true in the, in the inpatient setting, right? Mm-hmm. Because you'll you could be visited by a slew of doctors that are not employed by that hospital. Mm-hmm. Most consumers still don't know that. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it's really, uh, and you know, I know somebody who works in the billing department of a, of a clinic, and a lot of this comes down to the ethics of the clinic. 
So mm-hmm. if you're just out wanting money, you're going to tell people, yeah, we take your insurance. <laughs> and then they're going to find out, well, we t- we're, out of, we're out of network, but we take it, right? Right. right. Um, but the ones that have to actually want to build a brand and stick around for a while. And urgent care, by the way, it's not a, a specialty clinic is going to care more about this because mm-hmm. they're going to see these patients over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And urgent care, especially ones that aren't as ethical, I'm like, hey, we get this person's money. I don't care if we see him again. Of course, right. they'd want him to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's different where you know they will come back. Right. So, so at this clinic, at the specialty clinic I know about, um, they go out of their way. Like if you say, I have Blue Cross Blue Shield, which Blue Cross Blue Shield? California. Okay, well, we can't guarantee that this is going to be covered because California is different and we don't know. So, so they go out of their way because specialty care is hyper expensive. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you're getting some infusions, you're getting some drugs, mm-hmm. you're getting some stuff that would cost thousands of dollars if the insurance doesn't cover mm-hmm. it. So the last thing they want as a clinic is to be stuck with that bill. Right. Because right. some people would be like, you know, they'll give them the middle finger and say, hey, you said you'd cover this, right. so you pay for it. Come right. get me. Right. right. And there's no way a small clinic's going to be able to do that with a bunch of patients. So they are trying. Um, they are trying to do the right thing, mm-hmm. uh, even though it may cost them some patients. Mm-hmm. Because that's way better. That's way smarter than if you're just, yeah, we take it, and here's $350, and, you know. Right. Sorry. Like this, like this story. Well, you know, and the article also references these surprise bills that are being passed. Mm-hmm. Um, one in New York, one in California, one's being proposed in California. The one in New York actually went into play. And uh, I remember working with my team on that. It's basically where you have to have a very thorough listing on your website. And also when you call, you have to have someone that has that knowledge and has to disclose it. And we're going to see more and more of that regulation come now because this is just this has been happening for a long time. Mm-hmm. By the way, oh gosh, yes, right. It's been, it's, this is this, <laughs> this is, is not the dawn new, of time, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I think that what it's becoming the light is shining more and more on this, and um, organization and, and, and states are going to be starting to regulate this more and cast these you know these widespread laws that basically say you have to disclose what insurances you participate in, and it has to be easily to access for anybody trying to get to your, your, to your whatever you're, you know, call by calling by, or by on the website. That was, by the way, the biggest pain in the you-know-what to do. We had a spreadsheet that was ridiculously crazy that uh, we, and in some cases, it was hard for us, even as a health system, to know when and where that insurance was being covered. And you would think that in, like, one facility one doctor is different than another doctor is different than another doctor. It was just like, it was crazy. And imagine having to to disclose that on your website. Yeah, I'm sure it's a headache, though, for a consumer. It's the right thing to do. Yeah, I'm appreciative (laughs) of that, so I don't walk into the urgent, the next time I have to go to the urgent care, because I, like I said, relatively healthy and don't have to go regularly seek care, I would like to not get dinged with a very high bill. But... The, the question, I still feel like, is deceptive in itself. Yeah. So. So what do we have to say again? <laughs> oh, I should have this memorized by now. Not whether or not the, you ask, not if it's in network. You don't even ask that? Sorry. No, you uh, ask, you don't ask whether they accept your insurance. That's yes. The, that's right. But whether it, they participate in your even insurance. Even that seems, plan. I would even go further and Sorry. I would say, is there any service that I would receive or physician care I would receive in your facility mm-hmm. that is not in network for this insurance? Right. Right. Because, because what if you're an emergent and you go like, you know, I know my hospital's in network and it's an emergency and I go there. And, the, and it turns out the anesthesiologist and the, right. some specialist comes in and they're not. That could be ten grand, yeah. twenty grand. 
Um, boy, if that happened to me, <laughs> yeah. they would have to fight really hard to get money for me on that. Because mm -hmm. I would be like, you said you were in network. I assume any service I receive in these walls is in network. Mm -hmm. So that's your problem. Mm -hmm. But of course, that's easier for me to say. Get the the lawyers start calling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wow. That's right. just bad, though. If that did happen to me, that's where I'd start using my He'd social media skills. He'd dedicate a whole podcast. Right. I would. <laughs> I would do that. I would jump on social media. I would say, here's my card. See the title. See what I do. I know a lot of people. So... <laughs> I've never done that yet, though. You haven't done that yet? No, I haven't done that yet. Though, did I talk about walking out of the doctor's office? You were you briefly mentioned. You, no. On my podcast? You, oh, no, I don't you, think on the podcast. Tell us you, about this. Oh, so this, so this was my right? daughter who had pneumonia. Yeah, last week and, or Yeah, and it, she was on medication. It wasn't bad pneumonia, but it was walking pneumonia. But it wasn't taking her fever. It was still like 100, whatever. So I said, come back in Thursday. So first of all... I, this is a rant, sorry. <laughs> I call them like, hey, they told us to come back in. And she's like, well, okay, when can you come in? And I said, well, the soonest I can come in is 11. I'm open from like 11 to 2. She's like, well, that's when the doctors take a break, you know, to have lunch, whatever. I'm like, this is a pediatric clinic, a large one, and I won't name it. And I'm like, lunch, when most people could come in is when they, I mean, and there's also, by the way, 15 doctors right, you can't go. stage this they're i don't have to see to lunch i don't have to see a doctor I, or they're a on specific the golf course one, right? is what they're yeah. saying right? so she you know i i said something like that and she's like well i could squeeze you in 11 30 i'm like fine so we get there 11 30 we waited like 10 minutes in the lobby they bring us in i'm like good you know that's not too bad half hour 35 minutes later the the you know the nurse came in right away to take our stuff and of course she's asking us why are you here i'm like look in her file Right. You told us to come back. Well, what medication is she on? Look in your file. You you should have all this. Right. And so 30, 35 minutes later, the doctor comes in. I mean, we've been there now for 45 minutes and I'm getting antsy and he comes in. He does his thing. Ten minutes, 15 minutes. He's like, all right, I think it's this. We're going to switch your medication. I'm going to take a blood cell count to make sure she's OK. Won't take long at all. And then you'll be out of here. Half hour later. I like open the door and I'm looking around and a nurse comes and I'm like, can you check on our, we're just supposed to get a blood count back and, and get a medication, a prescription and get out of here. She's like, okay, who's your doctor? I said, so, so she disappears. I hear him page the doctor, doctor. So-and-so please, whatever. And I'm like, that's weird. They can't find him, whatever. Another 10 minutes goes by and we're sitting there. Now we'd been there for, I don't know, an hour, hour and 15 minutes. And another person comes by and she's like, did, did he come by? And I'm like, no, he hasn't come by yet. And I said, we've been here for like an, almost an hour and 45 minutes. She's like, whoa, okay. Oh, well, I'll go find him. Page him again. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, report to your workstation. I'm like, what the hell? Did the guy go to lunch? So then after 10 more minutes, I'm like, that's it. We're leaving. And I walk out with my daughter because she was frustrated too. And she's sick, whatever. Mm -hmm. And there's a nurse in the hall. And she's like, oh, can I help you? I'm like, no, we're leaving. We've been here for now almost an hour and 50 minutes. And she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, we've been, we've been waiting 45 <laughs> oh, minutes for a blood test result, which should take like five minutes. Right. And the prescription. Right. And, I, and they're like, oh, we can find him. I'm like, no, we're not going to wait anymore. Just here's my cell number because I think you can just call with this. We don't even need to be sitting here. You can just call and say this is the blood cell count. Here's mm -hmm. the prescription. You know where the pharmacy is. And they all scrambled and like, we can ask Dr. Anderson, Dr. Anderson. And they're like calling down the hall to this other doctor. And I'm like, we're just not going to wait. And then here down the hall, they're like, well, Dr. Anderson, 
he you know, verbal dot, dot, dot. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's not available either. I'm like, you know. <laughs> so we're walking out of the building and the doctor calls. Oh, good. Well, yeah. And I'm like, seriously. You should have walked, walked out an hour right, beforehand. Right, right. Right. And he's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. In like six years, I think I've done this once and I feel really bad. And so it was nice that he was, he apologized. He like owned right. it. But still. Honest to goodness, that is just unacceptable. I mean, it makes me want to change. That's the kind of thing that makes me want to change. Right. This pediatrician, mm -hmm. we've had, so my son's 17, 17 years. Right. And it makes me want to go, if you can't even deal with a simple thing right. like this, a follow-up thing with blood test and prescription. Well, you're serving, you're serving him right right now, telling him about it on this nationally driven Well, podcast, I haven't yeah. said who they are yet. <laughs> That'll be in the show notes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but it did, it did cross should, my mind. You feel like a, when you're in this business and you do this, yeah. you feel like, you know, you could be Brett Favre getting pulled over a speeding ticket. Do you know who I am? Right. right? <laughs> right. Do you know that there's, we have hundreds of people that listen to our podcast, and if I mention your name, maybe two of them would even recognize maybe. it. And yeah, I don't think that would work no, out. No. So how, how many minutes are we in there, Bethany? Um, about 38. Oh, boy. Oh we boy. only have a few more but minutes. But I think we started recording a little. We did. Yes. Yeah, so okay. So we're so probably only like 15 minutes in. We're <laughs> only 15 minutes in. Really? Um, is it enough time to do our. Yeah. Let's shift to, to the last thing. Okay. So we wanted to find out more about Bethany. And yes. what was the first thing that came out? What was first the topic? Thing you said. We asked, you know, you. movies, TV, and you got really excited. Oh, I said I watch. I said I don't watch movies, but I watch TV and I watch reality TV. Yes. yes, and then that got us all excited. So, what yes. reality shows? Let's see. If yeah, um, so I'm a big fan of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Okay, Ooh. I don't watch those. <laughs> controversy recently. Contr a lot oh of controversy. Ongoing. Won't go into oh it. Oh my but goodness. The final is next week. Okay. So okay. We'll the final of which? Of The Bachelorette. The Bachelorette is next okay. week. Yes. She I think chooses. I read about that in Us, and I'm not making that up. <laughs> That's your favorite. I like magazine. your honesty. <laughs> Us comes to my house. It's not coming to me, and it's always like, oh, pretty pictures of Speaking celebrities. Of reality, right. TV. It takes like ten minutes, and I'm done. But it was a cover story. Yeah, because this okay. is a very two guys, right? Scene. She's kind of bouncing between two guys, and she's yeah, she's wow. been intimate with one of them multiple times, and yeah, yeah. Uh, scandalous, right. scandalous. Right. Uh, how could they do that? So I'm excited for next Monday night. Um, Grace Anatomy. Wait, followed no. it. But that's not that's reality. reality. It's not reality. Wah, no. Wah. What other reality sorry. TV do you watch? Okay, well, I guess I don't watch a ton of reality TV. You got really oh. excited. Because Chris watches one about what? Cupcake? No, what do you what do you? Now, watch? here's the thing. <laughs> we, got, we don't have enough time for this. But I actually think that The Bachelorette yeah. is not reality TV. Really? You think it's right. staged? Or American? Well, of course it's staged. Well, it's definitely staged to an extent. Yeah, and, and, and American Idol. And by even by staged, like I know it's staged a little bit, but I mean they're not looking at something that's in reality. Like Real Housewives of whatever <laughs> is reality TV, theoretically, because okay. yeah. okay. you're just looking at what they're okay. doing in life. Or Ice Road Truckers or all of those things where you're taking that's something that's... TV. Right, this yeah. is more of like a... It's uh, almost it's like a game, a game show. show. It's a game show, right? And that's a, that's yeah. not really a game show. It's kind of like <laughs> now, Hell's Kitchen. Nobody and else yeah. makes that. Yeah, yeah Iron yeah. Chef. Iron nobody Chef. else makes that yeah. distinction maybe yeah. but me. And I don't know why it's wrong. Yeah, that's a fair that's point. Fair. That's a fair point. But everybody I, else lumps it I in there. I do like so those game shows. Do you like those more than reality TV the way I'm defining it? I don't know. I really like shows. I'm going to be... I'm going to. Quite honestly, I like shows where people come in and fix something, and then they walk out a half hour, an hour later, and it's all like fixed. See, we fixed I don't your like restaurant, those. we fixed Wait, your house, like we fixed HGTV your whatever. Is yeah, like that's all that stuff. 
Yeah. I don't know. That appeals to me a lot. Like, and those aren't really reality TV either, but I think they they're lumped in there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So those are the kinds of shows I like. Maybe they are. Like, if you're a fix it person and they're just following you, but those are more again like, those are shows where they're intentionally trying to redo something or whatever. I, it's all reality TV. I shouldn't really care. <laughs> well, even the what's reality. the worst reality TV show you've watched? Oh. And not just glimpse flipping through the channel. Like actually watch. Yeah, I can. I can. Okay, you I, go I bet first. I'll top you. No, I'm going to top you guys. Whatever you have. I don't know. <laughs> Do you have anything? Hmm. Uh, let's see. That I actually watched more than once. I think the <laughs> one that I felt really like watching it and, and felt ashamed that I was watching it. And I know it's probably a lot of people don't think about it, but that that show where they the amazing race where they race around the world. Sure, that's a great show. It's yeah, a, I don't think you should be ashamed. I'm no. ashamed because of just like how poorly they represent Americans across oh. the world. Okay. You know. Oh, that could be. That's kind of. I feel embarrassed by that. So um, I felt embarrassed for myself. How about you? <laughs> I did watch Jersey, Jersey Shore. Oh, <laughs> religiously. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Quite I watched that too. Well, then you feel really good about your life and where you're at. Yeah. So, and well, you can't watched, stop watching because it's a yeah. train wreck. Well, in real world, I watched that too. Oh, I watched real world, yeah. but I, I don't think real world was bad. No, mm-hmm. not like Jersey, Jersey Shore, Shore was bad. <laughs> so I think I do have the worst one. Yeah, tell, tell us. Have you, have you heard of the show Mob Wives? Yes. Oh. So let me just set this oh. up real briefly. My wife is huge in reality TV because her job is family crisis therapist. Mm-hmm. So every day she is living like <laughs> real crisis with people. And she wants to come home this. and be like, I want to be taken away to just crap that does not matter at all. Okay. So she'll come home and that's how she'll unwind. And okay. so that's where I'll be drawn into it. And I watched it twice and I can't watch it anymore because it's all it is is beep, beep. Hey, beep, what beep, beep. They swear all the time. And I go, how is this relaxing to you? How, how is this? This is like the worst cat fight with the worst women for 30 minutes straight. Right. And you can't even understand what they're saying because all they're doing is swearing and they beep it out. <laughs> but she likes to watch that. And so I've, I've got drawn into that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Housewives. Okay. I love the housewives. He loves the housewives. Beverly Hills in Orange County. And what's the other one? New York. Oh, New Jersey is awesome. New Jersey? Yeah. You watched the one about, what is it, the cupcake one? What was I that? had in the past. Yeah. Um, cup, cupcake guy. What's his name? Cupcake guy. I can't remember cupcake his name. Guy. Is it Cupcake Wars? Yeah, That's Cupcake Wars. That's cupcake yeah. Wars. Yeah. 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 It's a guy, like an Italian guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. That's Cake Boss. Cake Boss. Oh. That's what oh, I'm thinking cake of. Cake Boss. Cake, cake That's Boss. That's where all the mafia guys make cakes, right? No, he's, it's pretty funny. Okay. But they're just they're silly. Well, that's, so there you go. We went from <laughs> payer negotiations to cake. Boss. That is a broad spectrum to cover. <laughs> Holy cow! That's our podcast right there. <laughs> I wonder if we could make a reality TV show out of payer provider negotiations. Oh, I bet you could. Oh wow! It would twist. It yeah. would be. It would. Be it would be mm-hmm. intense. Very Follow intense. like the lead negotiator for a system or a payer. And I think it would get to the point that'd be interesting even to people that don't understand the industry. Yeah, it would. Yes. It yeah. Would. Reality TV sucks people in. It does if it's done well. So. Mm-hmm. It's all about the production <laughs> value. All right. All right. Anything else? Now I think we're like 22 minutes in. We should probably we're cut it way off. Up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that was a great podcast. So it was. Let's wrap her up. So for the Healthcare Marketing Underground Podcast, this is Chris Bevelo. Chris Boyer. Bethany Doty. 
Thanks for joining us, Becky. Thank that you way. for having me. We're, We're going to miss, miss you when you go away. <laughs> I will miss you all as well. It'll I'll come back up here. Me and Boyer and Jackie. And <laughs> come up in the winter. winter. Yeah, come yes. up in the winter. I'm from February. Chicago. I, not, I've experienced the winter before. This is I've, true. <laughs> this is true. Not in Minnesota. Winter. That's true. I'm sorry. That's true. <laughs> I have to say, if that's a rivalry, Minnesota will win that. I know Chicago's windy. I'll let you, have it. I'll let it you cold, have it. You get lakefront snow, <laughs> but nothing tops on it. Or bottoms on it. Okay, thanks for joining us. Bye.